Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Five in Edmonton. The Oilers take on the Washington Capitals tonight. Bob Stoffer in our heated press box location on the eighth floor at Rogers Place. Oilers now is brought to you by Digitex. Don't spend your valuable time meeting with door-to-door sales reps. Digitex is your all-in-one convenient location at Digitex.ca, Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Want to mention to you, we do our one o'clock read every day that says this. Some guests in the show receive gift certificates to Japanese Village Steak and Seafood Cooked right at your table. Visit their Edmonton South, downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park locations. We're going to head off to our River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. Pleased to be joined courtesy of Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, solar. A man, I believe, who can run for office in not one but two countries, Brian Burke. <laughs> Hi, Brian. How are you? I think I'd have a real hard time getting elected in either one. Yeah? Uh, it's uh, it's funny, eh? If you have any views at all on things, because uh, you espoused, when we first had you on, the, and, I'll, and I'll tell you what, Brian, there was some apprehension from Oilers fans initially. And then you know what happened? They liked you because you talk common sense. And Albertans like common sense. You talked about shaking hands on a deal, and that's all you needed to do the deal with this. I, I don't know if you bought land or bought a piece, uh, you know, you bought some property or something, and a handshake was all that was needed, and you knew you were in the right place. And you won our fans over at that point. So you are a man of the people. We know that. And yet you don't think you'd get voted in in either country, eh? Well, you know what? I worked for Calgary all those years, five years, and uh, and I loved it. I loved living in Alberta. I still kept my hunting property in Olds, and uh, just east of Olds. Yeah. And so I didn't think the Edmonton fans would appreciate me very much, but it's been great. I've gotten some nice emails and, and texts from people, and uh, I've enjoyed following the team. You know, Bobby Nicholson and I go way back, so... Uh, I've enjoyed it very much. It's been this show has been a lot of fun. You uh, did you guys play together at Providence? Yeah, we played together for one year, and then Bobby went back to UBC where he became a star. So we were a freshman together. Yeah, and then you know, of course, I you know, I know a lot of people who work in the organization go back a long way. So sure, it's been fun. 
I, I was apprehensive. I remember when you first talked to me about doing the show, I said, I don't think Oiler fans are going to like listening to me. And you said, well, let's give it a shot. So it's been great. I've enjoyed it. And I like following the team. I like the way the team's going. I mean, they're in second place in the league right now. So there's plenty to like. Yeah, absolutely. All right, I'm going to put you on a spot because you've, you've been on the other side of this, overseeing this sort of department. Uh but uh, or, or working at least with the league on this. So what we've seen here in the last couple games, and I don't know if it's resonated across on the television as much, look, Winnipeg and Minnesota both were slumping when they played the Oilers and they focused on shutting down McDavid and Dreisaitl. And, they're, you know, the, I think the standard already has dropped a little bit. And it's a loser's lament, Brian. You know this from your own experience. When you, But Connor, he's so fast and so good. It just seems at times that he can't get the calls that maybe he should be getting. And you've brought this up in the past in your days with Vancouver with the Sedins. Uh, so is it a loser's lament, or is there some legitimacy to it? Well, I'm going to give you a lawyer's answer. So they teach you in law school when a judge asks you a question, you're not sure the answer. You say, well, Your Honor, it depends. And I think I think it's there's no question in my mind, not just Connor, there's no question in my mind that star players in the league need to get the benefit of calls. They need to to not get fouled, to not get, you know, uh, taken advantage of. They're the guys that sell the tickets. So in general, I think no. I think they call the same standard on Connor they do on other players. But you do see the odd call where you're, like, shaking your head saying, you know what, the best players can't be penalized for being the best players. They can't pay a price in officiating for being the best players. So in general, I think the, the referees... I have different complaints with them, but I think they're honest, and I don't think they'd ever say, "Well, that's Connor, so he can he can make it on his own." But I do I do see the odd call. I don't think it's a loser's lament. I don't think you're an Edmonton Oilers fan watching TV and saying, "Surely to God, one of those plays was a, a foul worthy of a penalty in this 60 minutes." When I see guys pick them off and low bridge them, and you know. Uh... Wheeler did it first period against Winnipeg. Wheeler's a heck of a player. Dumba did it for Minnesota third period. Dumba's a heck of a player. Both sort of cut him off, angling him off on psych- like it's either interference or something, and nothing gets called. And then, you know, I I, I like the older like you know what I like the give and take between uh, like Wes McCauley's a great referee. We know that. There's nothing wrong with a little bit of communication, Brian. And there are some younger guys that are coming in the league now. And they're pretty quick to wave off the players, and I'm not the biggest fan of that. I got to tell you, that kind of rankles me a bit. Uh, but anyhow, I mean, it's and and I guess the question I have for you, like, what, you the Sedins were a class act, right? Like, I I, lo- I thought the world of the Sedins, and I thought the world of Timo Solani. You, anybody that's listened to any show I've hosted, I've never badmouthed those guys. Those guys were first class players, first class guys, always accountable. Not none of those guys ever whined and complained. So somebody else has to take up the charge. In fact, that's kind of what you did. Is that kind of the role of the manager at times to get through and talk to the league about those sort of issues? Yeah, but I think it's a it's a it's a high risk strategy because if you do it publicly, because I did a couple times publicly, I said, you know, this this has got to stop, and that offends the officials, and then you're going to see some rough calls for a week or two. So. But, yeah, I would talk to the league about it. Not very often because I do believe the great players in our game go back to Wayne Gretzky, go back to Mess, go back to, you know, all the players that played in Edmonton, all those guys, Glenn Anderson, Gary Curry. They did fight through 
a lot yeah. more now than they have to now. Or back then, it was way worse. Right. The hooking, the clutching and grabbing, the the stick around the waist, and those guys fought through without complaint and still racked up points. So with the twins, the balance was always okay. We don't want to look like we're babies crying about stuff, and we don't want them to stop fighting their own fights. But some once in a while, you call a league and say, "Look, I'm sending in a tape. I have to." There's ten non-calls in the last four games. Surely two of these are penalties. And so you get you know get some pressure on the league that way. But in general, I like the way Connor approaches this. He just plays, yeah. and that's going to get him. That's going to get him more calls and more credibility than any complaining is going to do. And in the meantime, if if Kenny Holland wants to call a league once in a while, I get it. But I really respect and admire Connor McDavid. He never complains about anything. Edmonton has horrible travel. They've had a tough schedule. He never says a word about any of that stuff. I love it. He's old school. He is. I said to my my players had my one rule about the players and what they said was no complaints, no excuses. Because a complaint becomes an excuse. If you say the officiating is poor, now the players have an excuse to lose. You say the ice was bad, now the players have an excuse to lose. So no complaints, no excuses. And Connor's old school. I love it. And and I tell you one thing, the referees appreciate it too. Yeah. Uh, you know what, Wayne Gretzky definitely was at times very verbal with the officials. Uh, Mark Messier, I'm pretty sure he used all seven of the words that George Carlin said you couldn't say on TV, often together, may I add, uh, when he was having a discussion with an official, and Mark played on the edge. You know, like he blew some yep. guys up and broke some guys' wrists and broke some guys' faces and probably would have been suspended 20-plus you know, twenty plus games at least five times in today's NHL. We're joined by Brian Burke for Canadian Power Pack. So, Brian, the orders are 7-2-1. and one. But they haven't scored in two games. So is this a good news, bad news scenario, or is it just a minor blip? Well, from my perspective, um, this is, I don't know if if you saw the show, but they asked me the other day on TV, uh, are these teams for real? Edmonton, Buffalo, Anaheim. And I said, Edmonton Oilers are for real. Because I think the Tippett system is working. I believe in the goaltenders. They're for real. They're a legitimate playoff contender, for sure. Asterisk. The asterisk is they're reliant on two guys. And that leaves you susceptible to, one, defensive schemes and checking lines where teams say, okay, we don't have to worry about anyone else on this team, so we're going to shut down Leon and Connor. That's one number one. Number two, it leaves you susceptible to guys going cold. Because yeah. no matter who the player is, he's going to go through a stretch where he goes cold. And three, it leaves you wide open to injury. So right now, these guys are a little bit cold. They're facing very difficult defensive schemes designed to target those two guys, and they're having trouble scoring goals. And this is where you need some balance. This is where you need some positional depth scoring, and they don't have it right now. So they've got to get these two guys back on track, or they've got to get some guys chipping in, or they could lose a couple more games. Tell me this, Brian. Are we at the stage now in the Western Conference where you're better off having a 1A, 1B goalie during the regular season than a guy who starts 65 games a year? I think that the whole league is moving that way, but I still think the guys that have those 65-game guys sleep pretty well at night. I think Mark Bergevin likes his 65-game goalie. Uh, but there's no question it's going that way. And you're going to see it go right down to junior and college. You're not going to see the same workload in junior hockey. So when these guys do turn pro, they're going to be accustomed to sharing the workload a little bit. Can we take it one step further with the Raptors, right? With Kawhi, load management. 
Will we see that potentially one day translate into skaters, where maybe guys only play 75 games a year? Because, they, I mean, there's a chance Kawhi only plays, say, 60 games this year. Yeah, and that's and that's would be a shame if we get to that. I mean, fact of the matter is, I, I went to several games during the Raptors run, and they did a marvelous job. But I bought tickets, and I paid full price, and then I go to the game, and Kawhi Leonard's not playing. And to me, that's the fear. What we've done in hockey for load management is the days off, we're always practice days. Yes. So, okay, Connor, do you want to take off Wednesday? We're not playing the Washington Capitals on Wednesday. We're having a practice day. Take Wednesday off. But Thursday night, you're gone. We've always done it that way. We did load management called optionals and, and maintenance days, but they were never game days. And I hope we don't cross that line. Brian, Taylor Hall is going to be a player to watch this year, just like maybe John Tavares was a couple of years ago. New Jersey's totally in the driver's seat. They got the best chance to sign him. Do you think they'll get it done? I don't know. They're in kind of a funk, and they've had a real poor start. Um, it will all depend on if Taylor Hall wants to stay there or not, how badly he wants to win and how quickly he wants to win. Um, he's going to be the, the most elite free agent if he does get there of the group. There's some, some pretty good names that might get there. But uh, he'll be the top dog, and he'll get his choice. So I, I think it would be... If I were advising him, if I were his lawyer, I'd say, okay, what what do you want to do? Do you want to maximize your revenue? Do you want to win? Do you want to go somewhere where they've got the best chance to win in the next three seasons? You, what's your priority? And then we do a list of teams based on that. But uh, he's got to make a decision on that first, I think. If you like New Jersey, if you like the direction the program's going, because they made some good moves. You know, they dropped the Jack Hughes. They brought in P.K. Subban. They're clearly trying to win. And so you got to see if you believe in those things working, then maybe you stay put. Brian, I'm going to compare and contrast a couple scenarios. Mike Babcock, um, who you know I've known since he coached Red Deer College, okay, so late '80s, uh, and he, you know, and maybe there's been a little bit of evolution and maybe a little bit change of personality. Uh, Mike's pretty uh, dogmatic in his approach, maybe, and I'm going to contrast that with Ralph Kruger who is a real positive energy guy and seems to get a lot out of young players. Are you surprised at what Buffalo's done with Ralph? And conversely, are you surprised that, like, the Leafs have only won five of 11 games this year. I don't think it's major concern, but they should. I mean, I picked the Leafs to win the Eastern Conference, Brian. I, you know, I think they upgraded. So are you surprised at the situation those two organizations are in right now? Well, let's take them one at a time. Ralph Kruger is a wonderful human being. And yes, I'm surprised. And anyone who tells you they they thought Buffalo would be whatever it is seven one and one eight one yeah eight one and one eight one and one whatever whatever anyone who told you they thought that would happen is a liar, because no one expected them to have this kind of start. And he, and Ralph Kruger I, and I even said I'm not there with this team. I'm not sold on the Buffaloes. I'm still not. Even today, I'm not. They won ten in a row last November too. The they same did. group. They did. So I'm not there yet. What I know is this. Ralph Kruger is a wonderful human being and a really smart man, and I hope they're for real. They, they have a great fan base there. Do you know? Do you ever look at the TV ratings in Buffalo for the Stanley Cup Finals? They're when terrific. Playing? They're terrific. They are loyal as dogs, great hockey fans. I hope they're for real. I'm still not there yet. Same thing, same asterisk as the Edmonton Oilers. They're relying on two guys right now. And Olsen and Eichel, and if either one, again, they're susceptible to one, 
checking lines and defensive schemes. Two, cold snaps. Three, injury. They're relying too much on two guys for their scoring. So I'm skeptical. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope they keep running the table like this. But I, I, I you know, it's too small a sample size. I'm from Missouri on this one. Okay. Show me. Toronto. Toronto, uh, first off, Mike Babcock's under tremendous heat here. It's, it's bizarre. You'd think they had won a game. And I said this on TV, and I'm going to say it again. This is a good coach. They, they have a good team. They'll yep. snap out of this, I believe. I think they missed John Tavares more than I thought they would miss him. I think John Tavares is a great player, but I said at the time when he got hurt, they've got good depth at the forwards, and they won't miss him that much. And I think they have tremendously. I still believe in the group. They've improved every year under Mike Babcock. They had 100 points last year. Um, I say wait and see. They get Tavares back. They get Zach Hyman back. And Zach Hyman's a player that people don't know out west, but he's an important player on this team. He's a grinder. Apps, I mean, yep. he, he really helps hunt the, the puck for them and does a lot of the spade work. All right, total curveball at you. One of the funniest moments I had uh, as, and I'm in year 12 uh, doing color and hosting a, this show at a, a different whatever variation we've done it in, year 10 here on 630 Jed. Uh, one of the funniest moments we had is we left Pat Quinn, uh, God rest his soul, on the uh, on the tarmac in uh, in St. Paul, Minnesota, coming out of the Christmas break back in 2009-2010. And I can tell you, our poor team services guy, and he did a great job. Those guys do. They're underrated in terms of their importance. But I just remember Pat was not too happy. 35 years in the NHL, you leave me on the tarmac. Was, was there anything PG-13 similar? where you forgot a guy along the way or you got left along the way or something like that happened that just makes you shake your head every time you think about it? Uh, I don't think I ever left a guy on the tarmac. I, I do know our, our everything went on time. Our bus left on time, our plane left on time. And I know a couple times players had to take a cab to the airport to catch the flight, and a couple times guys had to catch a commercial flight. So you missed the charter. Here's the deal. You find a thousand bucks, you miss a game, and you pay your own way to the city. So if you miss a charter out of St. Louis to Dallas, say, uh, you stay over, you pay your own hotel room, you pay a thousand dollar fine, you buy a commercial ticket the next day, and you sit a game. So I don't think we had anyone late. How many times did you want to leave a player on the tarmac? <laughs> well, that's a different question. <laughs> we'll do that sometime in the summer when we have an hour. There's, it's like when you trade guys. There's some guys you trade and you just dread picking up the phone They're, sorry i'm outside my house and some guy just started hammering next door sometimes you just dread calling the guy and tell him you know you, you just trade him it breaks your heart yeah. other times you break your finger dialing the phone you can't wait to tell him he's going awesome stuff brian we will do i'm gonna take you up on that okay uh much sure. appreciated we'll talk next thursday okay Thanks. Thanks, Bob. Yvette, from Canadian, uh, courtesy of our friends from Canadian Power Pack, that is Brian Burke. And I do believe, uh, you know what, if he wanted to run for office, I have a feeling uh, he'd do quite well. But others might say, you know, one of these days, Don Cherry's going to retire. Brian's appearances on Oilers Now are brought to you by Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction and service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. It's 123 in Edmonton. I want to tell you, go down and see the folks at uh, Brent Ridge Ford out in Wetaskiwin. Come be a part of the small town atmosphere and let them prove to you why cars cost less 
in Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge is an eight-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. You can uh, give them a call at Brent Ridge Ford at 1-877-477-3673 or visit brentridge.com. I will tell you uh, that... uh, Right now, if you reach out to Brent Ridge for roughly 45000 plus GST with 0% financing, you can get hooked up with a brand new uh, F-150 2019 XLT XTR with power seat and much more. All right, uh, when we come back, we're going to update you on the injury report for James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. It's 124 at Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. You can text us at 630-630. That is on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. We might have some time uh, to get to some text. We will hear from Sam Gagne and Jack Michaels in conversation with him a little bit later on. But at this moment, right now, we are going to get to the Oilers Now Injury Report, which is brought to you uh, in our cluster between 120 to 130 every day by our friends at James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Here's Brendan Escott. Well, Bob, Avalanche forward Miko Rantanen is officially week-to-week with a lower body injury. Remember that left ankle twisted all kinds of ugly in their last game. Morgan Riley missed the Leafs practice this morning and is questionable for tomorrow against San Jose. Travis Dermott skated next to Cody Ceci in his place. Habs forward Thomas Tatar returned to practice after taking a shot off the foot in yesterday's skate. Claude Julien says both Tatar and Joel Armia are probable for their next game. On Long Island, both Casey Sezikis and Leo Komarov activated from IR today. The Capitals just dealing with Richard Ponick on the IR with an upper body injury. He is currently out indefinitely. As for the Oilers, Joachim Nygaard out with a rib injury. Larson recovering from that fractured right fibula. And Joel Parrison skated this morning, Bob, but uh, do you have any update on how much closer no. he might be? No. Nothing at all. Eh? No, he's not in tonight. That's all I can tell you. That's all I got. How's that for useless, superfluous information? <laughs> That's why people come to the show. 128 in Edmonton, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Another one of your favorites, Al May, Washington Capitals television analyst, when we return in Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.